Hello, Darren Alf here from BicycleTouringPro.com. As you can see, I'm out in the middle of the wilderness, in the middle of a bicycle tour, and today I'm going to tell some stories about encounters that I've had with the police. My first story comes from my second long-distance bicycle tour. This is way back in 2002. I was 18 years old at the time, and I was cycling across the United States from east to west on the Trans-America bicycle route. And I had just cycled all the way across Colorado and had crossed now into the state of Wyoming. And for anyone that's ever cycled across Wyoming, it's got to be one of the most desolate places, especially southern Wyoming, that you can cycle across. So I'm in southern Wyoming, and I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and this is back in 2002. So cell phones were not as prominent as they are today. You know, today everybody's got a phone and you can get reception pretty much anywhere. I've, I'm out in the middle of the forest right now and I've got reception on my phone. So back in 2002, I was carrying a cell phone with me, but it cost so much to make a phone call on that at the time that what I was doing instead was carrying calling cards. And I used those calling cards to call home from a payphone whenever I happen to find one out on the road. So I'm out in southern Wyoming and it's been several days since I've called home. Many of you will relate, but I have a mother that worries about me profusely when I'm traveling. And so I know that my mom's gonna be worried about me having not called home. She's gonna think that I'm dead on the side of the road somewhere because I haven't called her to check in for several days. So unbeknownst to me, you know, as I'm riding my way gleefully across the country. Back in California, my mom had notified the officials in the state of Wyoming that her son was missing and hadn't called home in a long time that, you know, her son on a bike tour hadn't called home. So the police were out looking for me and I had no idea. So I'm riding along through southern Wyoming, having just come from Colorado, and I'm riding along and I got nothing but flat road ahead of me because there's nothing out there. I'm just riding, 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 when all of a sudden this police officer pulls up alongside of me in his cop car and he rolls down his window and I look over at him and I'm still kind of like cycling at this time, like he didn't even stop, you know what I mean? And he rolls down his window and he says, call your mom. <laughs> and then he turns his car around and drives back the way that he came. Yeah, my mom worries about me on my bike trips if that's not apparent. So anyways, that's my first story about encounters with the police. My second story comes from Peru. And this is a story that I may have told before, but it's worth telling again because it's kind of crazy. But I was in this small town in southern Peru near the city of Arequipa, and I was trying to take a bus from this small town to Arequipa, which was four hours away, six hours away, something like that. And I was traveling with two friends that I had made on the road. They were two German backpackers. And so the three of us were trying to catch this bus back to the big city of Arequipa. Well, by the time we got to the bus station in this small town, the, the bus for the day was completely sold out. There were no more tickets for the bus. And we're, we're like trapped in this small town otherwise if we don't get on this bus. So the person selling the ticket says like you can either buy a ticket for tomorrow's bus which isn't until tomorrow evening and you have to spend 24 hours trapped in the small town doing nothing or welcome to Peru. What you can do is you can run to the border of town right now before the the bus leaves the station and hide behind this little stone 
fence on the edge of town. Once the bus gets outside of town and past the police checkpoint, there was a checkpoint where the police were checking the buses to make sure there weren't too many people on board. Once we get past that checkpoint, the bus will stop and will pick you up and then you can stand in the middle of the bus while you ride for six hours back to Arequipa. So we're like, okay, that sounds better than like having to stay in this tiny little town for a whole day. So that's exactly what we do. We run out to the edge of town and behind this wall is like five other people who are doing the exact same thing. And they're locals, of course, but we're white tourists. And um, the bus comes through the police checkpoint. We see the police, you know, just a few hundred meters up the road, stop the bus, go on board, look around. And then the bus comes up to this stone wall and it slows down, but doesn't stop. And all of us, all eight of us, I guess, run out from behind the stone wall, chasing this bus. We jump on board while the bus is still moving. The door closes behind us. We pay the bus driver right there. And then we end up standing in the center aisle of this bus for however many hours, successfully evading the police at the edge of town. Now, we're on this bus, which was great and we felt happy about, but we instantly realized that the locals are kind of pissed at us because they paid for a legitimate seat on the bus and here we are paying, we may have paid less, I don't know, but even if we paid the same price, we're basically making the paying customers ride less comfortable because we're standing over them with our armpits like in their faces basically as this bus like rocks its way for eight hours through this Peruvian mountain landscape you know what I mean so we're like bumping into the people next to us as we try to stand up in the center aisle and we probably smell because we haven't showered in three days or whatever we're getting the vibes from the people around us that they don't like us then there was these two German travelers that I was traveling with a guy and a girl well the girl had brought a canister of milk on the bus for whatever reason just to drink i guess or something so she had a canister of milk and she put it up above the seats you know where you're supposed to put your backpacks and suitcases and whatever to store while you're on the bus ride so she puts her canister of milk up there and halfway through the ride this canister of milk starts pouring out on top of everybody on the right hand side of the bus the the canister of milk i'm guessing because we were at altitude or because the road was bumpy the canister of milk had exploded up here and then it had kind of flowed out on that shelf that is up over the right hand side of the bus so then it was dripping down into everybody's belongings that were up there first of all and then down into the seats on the right hand side of the bus so then everybody on the bus was pretty much upset at us for having you know illegally boarded this bus in the middle of peru we we did eventually make it to arequipa and we got off the bus and everything turned out fine but it was one of those crazy just experiences that you only get when you're kind of traveling through a country in the way that you might when you're backpacking through Peru. Now, this final story about encounters with the police also took place in the South American country of Peru. I was traveling, I don't even know where, I was going from Cusco to some other city like 22 hours away on bus. And I was once again on the bus with these German travelers that I was talking about in the previous story. This was about a week later and we were on this really long bus ride and we went to, I don't remember the name of the town, but it's basically the highest inhabited town in all of South America, I think, or maybe even the world. It's up at like 15,000 feet 
It, it was incredibly cold, you know, mountain town, there's hardly anything there. But um, we get off the bus and we go to our hotel. And, and like many hotels all around the world, when you check in, you have to show your passport. So they ask for your, our passports and the two Germans hand over their passports and then it's my turn to hand over mine and I'm digging through my backpack and I cannot find my passport. It's not in the place that I normally put it, you know? So right there in the middle of the reception area of the hotel, I'm like ripping my backpack apart and throwing all my clothes and everything out, you know, trying to find my passport. My mind is going crazy. I am freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do with my passport? And I'm trying to think of the last time I had it and everything. And I remember that I was on the bus when I wanted to get something in my bag and, and I had seen the passport. It was like in the brain of the backpack and I had seen it in there at that time and I'm thinking, oh my God, the passport fell out while I was on the bus. And then I just got off the bus, which was 22 hours long. So I immediately run back to the bus station thinking maybe I can catch the bus before it leaves because maybe the passport is just under my seat on the bus. So I run back to the bus station and the two Germans are with me and, and uh, we tell them what's going on and they say, oh, I'm sorry, the bus has already left. It's on a, a, you know, a 22 hour ride back across the country all the way in the opposite direction. And I'm saying, is there any way you can like phone the driver of the bus and ask them if the passport is on board or anything like that? And they say, no, no radios or anything like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just lost my passport in the middle of Peru, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, okay, now I'm gonna have to travel back to Lima and, and spend money and time going to the embassy or wherever you're supposed to go when you lose your passport. And it's just gonna take a whole week to get this thing and my whole trip in Peru is over and I'm just devastated. So I go back to the hotel uh, with the Germans and luckily they allow me to check in with the Germans. We share a room and we spend the night in this hotel in, in this town at 15,000 feet or whatever it was, way up in the mountains, freezing cold. We went out to dinner that night and the restaurant was so cold that when you were sitting at the table, you could see your own breath. That's how cold it was. So anyways, I'm just devastated because I lost my passport and I'm thinking I'm gonna have to say goodbye to the Germans because I need to go back to Lima to get my passport as soon as possible, a new passport. Anyway, so we stay the night in this town up at 15,000 feet and the next day we go off on some adventure into the mountains because that's kind of why we were going to this town. We took like a taxi to some nearby rock formations and I don't know, we spent the whole day out, blah, blah, blah. So we're out exploring and then we come back to that town like two days later and we come back into town and we're walking through town and there's like, you know, people out shopping and going to the grocer and there's people selling food just out on the sidewalks and stuff like that. And all of a sudden this police officer, a very large man with a pretty, you know, big belly and he's tall and he sees me and he says, get over here like this, you know, like, like I'm in trouble. And I'm thinking, oh no, what is this now, you know? And he, he reaches back like this into his back pocket and I'm thinking, what, is he gonna write me a ticket or what, he's gonna pull his gun on me or what's he doing? And he, and he pulls out his hand and in his hand is my passport. I have never gone from being so scared to so happy so quickly as I did in that exact moment. The policeman hands me my passport and I am like, Oh my God, I love you, man. I'm, I'm just like so happy. <laughs> 
turns out that yes, I had dropped my passport on the bus. The bus driver or somebody on the bus had found it on the bus ride back the following day. They had saved it, held on to the passport, and then when that bus came back 22 hours or 48 hours later, they went to the bus station and said, have you seen this white guy around here? And they said, yeah, um, he was here a couple days ago looking for his passport. And somehow that passport got to the police officer who was then walking around town and just noticed me because I'm the only like white person in this whole village. And he sees me and he says, hey buddy, come over here. I've got your passport. So that is my third story about encounters with the police. You know, a lot of stories are somewhat negative when it comes to the police. You know, I, I have been bothered by the police on several of my travels. But in this one particular instance, I was very, very happy to see that police officer and more importantly, my passport in his hand. All right, guys, that's it. I'm Darren Al from BicycleTurnPro.com. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button. I'd really appreciate it. If you're new to my channel, hit the subscribe button as well as the bell icon so you are notified each and every time I publish a new video. And if you wanna learn how to conduct your own bicycle touring adventures and avoid the mistakes that I have made on my 21 years of bicycle touring all around the world, including losing my passport in Peru, Make sure you go to my website at BicycleTouringPro.com and pick up a copy of my best-selling book, The Bicycle Touring Blueprint. This is the book that will teach you how to conduct your own bike tours anywhere in the world. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I am Darren Alf from BicycleTouringPro.com and I hope to see you out on the road sometime soon. Bye-bye.